Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? No? Then sit the fuck down, because we're about to talk about all things hip-hop, late 90s, angry white guys, and much more. It's Marshall Mathers. It's Eminem. This week on Nothing Good. Good evening. Hey. What's going on, man? Not too much. Doc, welcome back to the show. How have you been? I've been good, man. Been working, been tired, been busy. Uh, the world is a crazy place these days. And, you know, we're just trying to keep our heads above water and... As best we can. Make some money and have a good time while we're doing it, right? How about yourself? Uh, same. Maybe less of a good time while I make the money. <laughs> but still, you know, head above water. Have yet to drown while surrounded by oxygen. So it's good, you know, good time. You're but currently winning. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, in the immortal battle of life versus death, not being dead, I guess you could say I'm I'm currently winning that. That's I, right. Anyone listening to this podcast, at least at this moment, is as well. And I hope I don't jinx you. Speaking <laughs> of the podcast, though. Yes, yes, so yes. it's come to my, before we talk about today's subject. Uh-huh. We hope our listeners are having fun and doing well, or listener, mm-hmm. singular. But so <laughs> right. at this point, this is uh, this is episode six, dude, which is wild. This is crazy, right? So we're six episodes deep now, and it, a couple of things have occurred to me. Okay, um, that we haven't really mentioned. We somehow have hoped that our listener has stumbled upon this podcast somehow without our guidance. But perhaps we're looking at you in South America. Yeah, that's right, Peru. The one person in Peru I don't, who's been I don't listening know how to you our show. This, but thank God you came here. I just I just want to just flat out say right now mm-hmm. to the one person in Peru listening to us, I love you. I've never met you, but I love you. And if you give me a chance, I can prove my love to you. It may only take a few minutes, but damn it, I'm going to show you how much I love you. He'll do it. I swear to God I will. Anyway, not the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so let's just say, first of all, Thanks for finding us on however you find podcasts, yes. right? Yes, much appreciated. Uh, but you could tell your friends about this show uh, or friend if you're like us and only have one. Uh, so there is, uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, right? Google. Google. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram uh, and on YouTube as well. So lots of different ways to, to assimilate that content. <laughs> uh, now you may ask, who the hell do you guys think you are? And why do you think you need all these avenues for this shitty podcast? I question the exact same thing. And I will tell you, dear singular listener, the same thing I told her. I don't know who the hell I am. It's a day-to-day struggle. So today, at this moment, I'm the person who unnecessarily squirts his podcast all over the collective faces of the internet. So hi. How you doing? So anyway, we like it. So so let's just talk about it real fast. Uh, we've had five episodes previously. How are you feeling about the show? Have you uh, have you felt good about what we've been doing? Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, you asked me earlier uh, how many episodes have I listened to, and I, I told you I listened to the intro, and I, I listened to uh, uh, Children of Men, yeah, uh, which I really enjoyed. I got a kick out of it. Uh, but I didn't really listen. To I started uh, part one of Montreal, and mm-hmm. then I kind of stopped. Uh, just busy with work and, and life, but more importantly, I kind of don't want to overthink what I do because yeah. I'm afraid that I want to keep listening and start picking apart what I'm doing. I was doing that during the first two episodes. I'm like, did I, did I pronounce, enunciate that correctly? Did, did I su-? You know what? Not going to do that. I mean, I, I do plan on listening to others that I think really I want to l- listen back and kind of catch what I said. But uh, really, right now, how I'm feeling about what we're doing, I'm having a great time. And I'm of the thought, uh, and I'd like to think you probably feel the same way, uh, we will continue doing this until either a we run out of ideas and subjects. Never happen. Which I find very hard to believe. Yeah. Or b it's not fun. Yeah, which I don't believe that it would ever happen because we yeah. we will talk for hours, uh, microphone or not. 
Yeah. So we'll make it fun. So, so what that basically means we is will put the love this back into this marriage. It. Damn it! So, I'm sorry for all of you out there. This train's gonna keep rolling for a while. No, I respect that because I know a lot of well-known actors never watch their own movies. A yeah. lot of they they go to the premiere, they do the red carpet thing, they walk in so they have the photo taken in the theater, and then they immediately leave before the film ever starts, just so they don't have to watch themselves. Yeah. So I respect the idea of not wanting to listen uh, back to all of it. Yeah. Uh, I listen to everything that we've done uh, for two reasons. One, uh, as you know, a little bit insider baseball behind the curtain, I engineer these episodes, right. so I have to listen for any uh, faux pas or audio gaffes that we may I may have left in. I'm terrified of that. Uh, mm. Spoiler: there is at least one that has made it still into <laughs> to a previous episode. But if if you're intently listening enough, you'll catch it. But two. Um, you know, I'm I, usually on the day that we record these. I uh, think the next day about what we talked about, and I play back our conversation in my head, and I ask, "Did I really fucking say that?" Oh, you did, and I absolutely did. I mean, Every earlier time. I used a squirt on the face analogy, just not more than sixty seconds ago, and it's gonna stay in. And it will stay in because I'm not redoing this part of the episode. Mm-mm. So. So that's that's why I listen to the content, and I kind of just generally uh, need to remind myself that there's a clear line of the people in my life that I simply will never tell about this podcast, just because <laughs> yeah. I don't think they know that side of me, and yeah. I don't want you to go, you know, like, why aren't you returning my phone calls or answering my texts? And it's because I talked about squirting our podcast all over the face of the social... I've said it again. I, listen. I have said it again. You did, and there's no taking it back, so we're just going to keep going with it. But more importantly, man, how are you feeling about what we're doing? I like it. Yeah? I like like it it. a lot? We have yet to broach a subject uh, so far here on the show. This is really one of the first times, this today's episode, uh, that we have are going to have a conversation together now Mm -hmm. that we haven't really previously had. Oh, I don't really think we've ever spoken about uh, this particular subject in really in any depth outside of you know basic surface level conversation yeah. oh yeah yeah that's a good that's a good album did you yeah, check that yeah, album yeah. did you listen God, to it oh it's really the, good here let me put this it. on for you and then we, we bullshit about something mm-hmm. else while it's on in the background yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have uh, we've exclusively talked about children and men we watched that mm-hmm. together uh, we've talked for Montreal for 20 years uh, yes. and, and we when we met we were still <laughs> sort of playing in Nintendo yes. 64 and we yes. have had since then a few nights where we have played Nintendo 64 yes. together since then and we have conversations about it all the time but tonight so to answer your previous question, I feel good because all it is is it's like a song that we've played a thousand times live and we bothered to go into the studio to record it. But now, today, this is new territory for us as friends. It is. It is something that we both ingest separately because, true disclosure, this is the first music podcast that we've done right. um, in, our, in our line. We will mm-hmm. keep doing music, but music... Lisa, I, and I'll let you take the handle on this one. It's it's an intensely personal experience, too. Man, to, is it? To it, do it, it know? really is, and and I think that's for everybody, most people. I would yeah. like to think most people because you know it, it's art, right? I mean, you can listen to one song and get something from it, and 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 your friend or your your mom or your dad or your sister, whoever can listen to the exact same song, and get something totally different from it. It's yeah. it's you know yeah, you can play a video game and. Level one is the same for everybody, right? Yeah. You may enjoy it on different levels. It may be difficult or easier on on, a, on you know for each individual person, but it's point A to point B. But music, you know, music's different, and um, you know. That's a really good point. I I'm like not, I, I'm not gonna lie or or pretend, like I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a music person. Uh, I'm more of a music person than I was when I was much younger. Uh, I mean, you being the, the actual musician in the in the group of us. Uh, eh. Yeah, eh, no, 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 no. Keep no, going no. though. Keep yeah. going. It's You're, not about me. But but uh, um, the point I'm making here is my and that is the kind of the thing. My opinion on music very as we progress with different subjects, different genres, different bands or groups or acts. Or uh, will vary differently because you may look at things very differently than I will. Yeah. On a very, or maybe on a technical level, than maybe than I ever would. You yeah, know? that's gonna come up today, definitely for sure. Yeah. But um, for me in music, uh, and as we get into it and we start talking about like, oh, you know, what did you listen to when you were younger? I didn't listen to a whole lot when I was younger. No, I, I and, you know, that's really interesting too. As a point, first of all, 
uh, we're going to, yeah, the way we ingest things as, I think movies are different because we are both storytellers Mm -hmm. by by habit. Even if, unfortunately, we we are. Even if we didn't do that as both hobby and profession, I think we we do, we tend to hold court in -hmm. social situations, right? Right. So film absolutely goes well. And that's why we like comic books and, and, traditional literature as well right right because we are um we're storytellers and i think we both like wrestling because we both dipped our hand into different forms of that as well right but music is there is an independent there is an independence naturally to every person on how they ingest music and and how they process it exactly um and it means different things to every person Mm -hmm. and i think that is that's very eloquently put about the video games because really in a different way to spin the same thing Uh it's uh all art takes you on a journey. Mm. Video games literally take you on a journey. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they do. But uh, but where the game uh, takes you from the start of this level or this mission to the completion of this mission, um, and then how you feel about it and how you play it can be different. But generally, the, the, the journey is... The trajectory is the same. It's just how you experience from point A to point B. But no, really, it's it's almost interesting because music is the soundtrack, and you're making the journey up as it goes, which is really cool. And it's really interesting. That's uh, a really cool point. It is. It's. I mean, <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> well, so, myself on the back. <laughs> so then, as you said, it's really listening to the music earlier. So I, you know, I think we need to just basically say too, is that uh, my parents. I think just to kind of take a step back, excuse mm-hmm. me for starting with no, no. my parents. No, no, no. But um, you, no one really listens to a lot of music on their own until they get to a, a certain point in their development as a teenager or preteen or any of that stuff. You right. you discover music as a kid, and I think you treat music as a kid in your brain the same way you treat movies. As we have mentioned in previous episodes, everybody has those movies that they watched on repeat when they were a mm-hmm. kid, right? Yeah. And I think it's very similar with songs. You had songs that were on repeat, uh, you know, from from Sesame Street's music to a random popular song from the time when you were a, a very small child. You listen to it over and over and over again. A lot of kids today with song, like songs from Frozen or Trolls is what my daughter absolutely listens to, listens to the <laughs> Troll soundtrack, okay. which, again, it's Justin Timberlake, so no problem there. But it, it's not, and you're happy, and you know it. And so I think we had those songs, too, that sure. were popular at the time. And But I think, and it, that's a good point, yeah. but I think it's uh, much, it's different. Um, because, you know, you and I, we're in our 30s. right? I'm, yeah. in, I'm in my late 30s. You know, you're in your mid to late 30s. You're, yes. you're, you're pushing it, and I'm pushing it, right? You know what? I'm just going to jump in here and say for the entirety of our relationship, Herb Jones' uh, uh, doc here uh, seems to think that he's so much more drastically older than I am. Uh, and he, But he's not, though. Spoiler, he's not, though. So I am. I am, though. Uh, I am, though. No, you're not. Yeah. You're, like, less than two years older than That's me. That's still, you know... 22, 21 months older. I mean, a yeah. lot can happen in like a year and a half, a year and three quarters. I mean, they can. They can. This yeah, last yeah. year and a half, as we recorded, this has been a hell of a thing. Exactly. And, and, I, and I'm not going to say, but when you're like, oh, in my age, it's like, are you close to 40? Motherfucker, we got pubes about the same general time <laughs> in the 90s. General okay. Time. Listen, so the point I'm making here is when we Go were on. kids, when we were children, yeah. uh, like we had our, our, our tapes, right? Yes. And mm, tapes. I had, a, I had a tape player. Yeah. Uh, just one. Uh, I didn't have a CD player. My sister had a CD player because she was a few years, four years older than me. Uh, but uh, I had like shit for kids, like adventure stories and shit like that. Yep. A couple tapes that maybe had music on them, I, I, but I'm not 100% sure. But so that's my experience with music, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my parents. Uh, they're 45s and like yeah. you know i remember like some of my earliest memories of 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 life not even just music but life is sitting at the house i grew up in sitting on the living room floor playing with the records cuz they were so small you know yeah the 45s pretending yeah. that i'm like a giant because yeah. I knew what regular records, records looked how like. How big they were, how bigger, how much bigger they were than you. Yeah. yeah, and I would just like you know, in my mind, it was like a like a fun little thing that I would do. But I remember listening to Motown. A lot mm. in that environment in the living room because my parents, you know, the record player. We had some big speakers in the living Your room. Your parents, big, big Motown people. 
<laughs> they were born in the fifties. Of course they I mean, were. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's, that's um, so good. Yeah, you know, I just. I just remember that was the music I was brought up on the first few years. But the point I'm making here is kids now, like your daughter, yeah. being so young, the instant access to music. We didn't have instant access to music. No. Like, you literally Shit, could We just, didn't have instant access to music 10 years ago. Right. So she, you, <laughs> if, if you're like, hmm, let me see. Let's put some music on for her. Like, let's go to YouTube. Kid playlist. And you will find hundreds of hits for different YouTube videos just with music. Not even yeah. counting Spotify, not counting anything on like, you know, Apple and your iPods and all that stuff. Just simple, instant access that we knew nothing about. No, yeah. And I think that's, first of all, um, uh, that's great in theory, right? But I'll let me tell you in about, for about 20 second detour, my daughter does not want to be shown new music. <laughs> uh, my daughter wants what she wants. She wants it under the context that she wants and does not, she, she is not interested in ingesting media. And also, here's the true fact about my daughter she hates ads. So, because uh, she has a soul. She has a soul. She hates all ads. So, I have to, when I put music on, do the most ad free possible content. So Spotify is literally she she knows how to go on to Spotify on our smart TV and loads up the playlist that she likes and just plays those. I will see your statement. Yeah. And I'm gonna raise you and I'm I'm like I'm gonna butcher it. So I apologize to the artist. Jiggy Jiggy? Was it Jiggy Jiggy? No, 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 no. Tiggy Tiggy. Tiggy Tiggy. I'm sorry. Tiggy yes. Tiggy. Now, my question to you, sir. Yes. Let's pretend this is nineteen eighty eight instead. There is no Tiggy Tiggy for a young Mr. Brown. Yeah. But you know what? Instant access, a world, a plethora of oh, music. Could you imagine? Now, Tiggy Tiggy can exist for her. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, and it's super cool. It's super cool. And it's, first of all, like, it, there's a lot of uh, technological advances, and we could we could go on about society and yeah, technology yeah. and for the sure. pluses and the minuses, all we want, right? But there are a lot of technological advances that I am jealous not just glad it's there for our kids, but jealous that we didn't have access to that shit. Right. Could you imagine just a slightly sidebar for music? What we would have done with the WWE? We should, we, hold on, we need an episode just called the sidebar. But the sidebar. Go on. We just keep going sideways <laughs> and we never get to any point. Yeah. Could you go imagine on. what we would have done in 1989 with the WWE Network? To watch pro wrestling, <laughs> you had to watch it on Saturday morning. Saturday, Saturday night, night yeah. uh, or get your ass to a Blockbuster or West Coast video and hope that that wrestling tape was in stock to be able to watch flat out, right? That would also necessitate you having parents that was cool with renting that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they sure. not weren't all down no, with that. No, And I think, speaking of parents, just to kind of segue there, I think as a kid, and this is still true with her to a certain extent, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, technology has opened up this possibility. As, when we were kids... You basically ingested music in two ways. Uh, you, the only way you, you came across music was music that your parents were already listening to, that they were actively listening to, or music that happened to be associated with the media that you were allowed to enjoy. Right. Right? Uh, for example, the song Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Do you know that song? No. If I told you where you would know it from. It's, I'm... it's the song that ends the first... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, 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 oh. Could be the third Ninja Turtles. Movie. I was like, that 100% isn't the first one. That's the third one. The it's Turtles in Time. T-U-R-T-L-T power. Yes, that's Teenage right. Yeah. The third Turtles Ninja movie. Turtles. But, Come on. But that's, I mean, yeah, sorry. But I, I remember them. <laughs> Don't speak Turtles in Time to me. First of all, <laughs> Turtles in Time is some shit. Okay? The movie sucks. Oh, it's an awful movie. And I don't know whose idea it was to take a, a garden lamp and put it on a stick and make that the whole object <laughs> I of the film. That. Yeah. We should cover we man, man we should cover first and third. No. We skip the second because no. we need to get the, the, the extremes. We do. <laughs> but god damn the second one slaps so hard. There's no I mean it's good, but it's not as good as not as good as the first one. Oh no, the first one's a better movie. Yeah. yeah. But 100%. the second one kicks ass in the way that Double impact kicks ass, as in it shouldn't and it doesn't, but it also does. I'm gonna just tell you that even as a kid, I I mean I liked the second one because it was Ninja Turtles and I was gonna you know digest all Ninja Turtles media and product. But honestly, even as a kid, I just was like not super impressed. It, it felt even then, it felt like 
not, not lazy. Not, God, that's a terrible word to use. That's not what I was thinking as a small child. It felt, this is not even about Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry, folks. I should save that for this for that episode. Yeah. But it just felt like they were stretching. Like, I, yeah. As, as Okay, so anybody like who knows me in knows that, like, you know, extent. as I got older uh, and through college and I got into screenwriting, right? So, it, but, but the interest in dialogue, the interest in storytelling was there when I was a little kid, yeah. right? And just, un, just really digesting something and going, it's just, it's not great dialogue, right? It's not good. It's not, no. the, the, the story beats, the, 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 the whole movie was not bad, but man, the second one was gritty. The second one felt like it had real stakes that weren't end the, of the world stakes. You mean the first one? That I, yeah, 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 yeah. First yeah. one. Just, it, just clarify. It, it felt gritty. Yeah, it felt gritty. Oh, it was. It felt like it had some weight to it. I would say. And the world wasn't at stake. No, no. And I, I, uh, I first of all, there's a lot of things I liked. And I Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Use. Secret of the Use, one of those folks. films that, that hits me like... I am aware that it, back in the day, I definitely did this, and it took me until I was a teenager to realize it, that if I like something for whatever reason, uh-huh. I am able to justify enjoying it, even if it's terrible. Well, nothing right? wrong with that, yeah. And, yeah, and Ninja Turtles 2 is one of those movies. And I recognize that there is nothing good or logical. The first Turtles movie is objectively a good movie. It's, it, yeah, it, it is. It, it had no business being good. It, yeah, it had no business <laughs> being good. It was well done. It was dark, but the acting was great. When Leo is sitting outside the uh, that the, the tub, and he's like, you know, that whole God, contemplation, yeah. you, don't got, you don't got a soul if you don't feel that. He's you don't like feel his that, right? brother. He don't know what's going to happen to Raphael. He's just s- sitting and, and knowing that the you know, the, the was it the last conversation they had that got into a fight. Yeah. And that, like, you, everybody past a certain age has been there. Not in, yeah. like, end of the world, the person might die, but, like, you got into a fight with your sibling or your mom or your dad, and then maybe something happened, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta live with what you said. Yeah. You know, and that's where, for a little, and for a little kid's movie, that was some heavy shit. That's some shit. heavy shit. And it's dark. It's, to me, the first Turtles movie is a, a real similarity to the first Batman movie. Right, which mm-hmm. when you think about Batman on <laughs> the surface, that's some that's a bullshit, right? Right, and it's like it's. I am more fascinated now as an adult with how fucked up Bruce Wade is <laughs> than anything that not Batman a normal does, person. Right? No, no. Who the hell goes through those steps? But 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 the first Batman <laughs> movie with Michael Keaton is uh-huh. uh, again objectively completely kickass. I mean, Prince soundtrack. The soundtrack of that movie alone, I would do an entire episode on. Well, maybe right? we will. Yes. Oh, God, dude. We just play it in the background <laughs> while we argue with each other. <laughs> Copyright strike. But I feel like the secret of the ooze uh, would be clo- not Batman Returns, because Batman Returns kicks incredible amounts. Oh, that movie is really good. It's really good. I would say it's closer to Batman Forever. Batman Forever is a shitty movie, okay? But there are Oof. you. You can find parts of Batman Oof. Forever to go. God, that movie was shitty, and there's no reason for me to want to say. But you know what, Nicole Kidman, though, in that movie, like I've never wanted to be a pair of bed sheets until I saw her in that one scene where Val Kilmer. And My first God. of all, how fuck much of a fucking square is Bruce Wayne slash Batman that he shows up? Nicole Kidman in 1996. Nicole Kidman has yeah. nothing on but a 800 thread count set of sheets. <laughs> Specifically, walks up to him and all, and it's the world is his right there. And he's like, "But guess what, though." I'm out of here. And then he's like, it's in the most Val Kilmer way possible. He should have hit it and stayed there. And while Jim Carrey's freaking out in some sewer and Tommy Lee Jones is doing the worst Tommy Lee Jones in history. Terrible. Like, I have no idea what the fuck is wrong with Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. Because he's Tommy Lee Jones in everything else except that movie. That movie got Schumacher. I would have let I would have let Gotham burn and never left. I would have I would have sent Alfred out for a case of Gatorade. And some bananas or something <laughs> just to get energy back in my body so I didn't have to leave that fucking room. Uh, God damn it, Batman. So, and you know what? If you're offended by the fact that I think Bruce Wayne is just a fucking square I piece mean, of he shit. Is. He absolutely is. What the fuck have he's you been fuck, injecting? He's a goddamn chode, man. And I don't use that word lightly. I don't know how we started off on music and got to banging Nicole Kidman and Batman forever. I mean, you did. Uh, so... Listen, we're like 20, almost 25 minutes in, Fuck and we you. have not touched the fucking subject. I apologize. No, there uh, is no apologies. We're, okay, I, I'm sorry. But not 
but not to you, Herb. To be fair, I'm apologizing to our friend in South America. It's in Peru. To the one in Peru. Listen, the offer is still on the table. Come on up here to America. And let me just ask, the, a complete, I'm going to leave it open-ended, and I'm not going to go any further. Okay. But this is the question I have to our friend in Peru. Have uh, you ever seen how you roast a pig? Yes. Mm, okay. But keep going. That invitation's still there to the person in Peru. Uh, okay, good. So let's talk about... Let's talk about... Before we get into that for one second, <laughs> no. Before we get to the actual before subject. Before we get to the main event, this yeah. is what we do. This is what we do. Doc... Let's set the mood for our listener, as is tradition here. Uh huh. What are we What are we drinking today? Um. Well, currently I am well over three quarters of the way through a bottle of uh, Southern Tier Harvest Autumn IPA. Yes, that's what we're drinking. Um. Honestly, it's okay. Yeah. No, I'm not impressed. <laughs> so it's as not bad. A, I'm not impressed. As you are ingesting this episode in here in September. Uh. To me, that is the perfect transition time between the the IPA and lemon Hefweizen style summer beers that we get into the richer Oktoberfest, you know, excuse me, fall beers. Yeah. So when I saw this, I was like, this this kind of represents this time of year. It's not as hot as it was last month. It's warmer than it'll be next month. So let's get let's get that IPA of the summer in there with the Oktoberfest. So, but I. And I mean, no disrespect to the fine people at Southern Tier, but I think it is neither an autumn beer nor an IPA. <laughs> like, it's just... It lacks identity. Uh, it's, uh, it's not bad. That's all I can say about it. It's not bad. No. It's very beer. It is, yeah. It, it it's does, nondescript. It is. has no character. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's not bad. It has I'll drink no it. character. I mean, yeah. it, it's, I mean I, I'll drink a beer. <laughs> few beers I won't drink, so... There are only a few. This is wet, so we will drink it. Mm-hmm. But to the main event of today's show, yeah, we are going to discuss Eminem, Marshall Mathers. Right. But we're not just going to talk about Eminem because, I mean, we're half an hour in and we have talked about literally not everything, everything else but. but. I mean, God damn, dude. Like, I just, I'm now I'm not going to be able to get Nicole Kidman from that movie out of my head. But regardless, to talk about Eminem and how it happens, we, we could give a... Uh, here, here's a rundown of his entire story. and We're not going into that. Nah. And we're not going to do that kind of research that we did for Children of Men. That'll be a rare... I mean, it may not be a rare... No, we'll probably do that I for like every I like my movie. research, yeah, to yeah. be honest. It's fun to watch a movie and then make notes and then talk about it. Or, or watch it semi-recently and reminisce on it, especially if you feel the way. Uh, and most of the pro wrestling stuff we talk about, we actively lived through and, <laughs> yes. and talked about while it was happening. We talked yes. about years after it happened, and we just talked about it yesterday, probably. So, but music, I, like as we said earlier, it's a intensely, intensely personal thing. Mm-hmm. Most music that most people listen to, that is of any substance to them, they listen to alone, uh, or at yes. least in a more intimate setting. Then, this is true. You know, not like not talking about EDM, and you're out there just <laughs> with a bunch of other people rolling their ass off with pacifiers in their mouth. This is a lot of stuff you ingest. So, in order to talk about where Eminem comes in uh, to our story, I'm gonna ask. Uh, we're gonna discuss um, generally hip hop uh, and how it came into our lives and the culture and how we moved in that direction. You know, from the start. I think that's a fair. You agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what is, let me ask you this, Doc. What mm-hmm. is your first time, what is your first memory of hip-hop or rap? All right, so uh, like I said, early life. And, and to put in context, so I grew up in a four-person family. Yeah. Uh, mom, dad, uh, one older sibling, uh, and that's pretty much it. So, and it, it was an older sister. So her musical tastes... Were not mine, mm-hmm. um, and I mean she was like you know, new edition and stuff like that. Oh, it's really interesting because uh, Bobby Brown's going to show up in my story too. But keep going. <laughs> yeah, like so she was like into that stuff, and so you know where if I had like an old, maybe an older brother, and I could maybe you know steal his cassettes or something like that mm-hmm. or his CDs. I didn't really have that option uh, because she was into genuine. Uh, oh, pony. Yeah, she, mm. she had po- that man's posters all over her walls. I remember I, calling I, her out for, for a second. There, I thought you said it as, uh, to imply as if they still were there. 
No, they're not. I mean, I haven't been to her her house in a long time. Maybe they she moved them. Yeah, maybe she should. Maybe she should. You know what? Put a pin in there for a Christmas idea. Yeah. Keep going. Um, that's a really good idea. Actually, <laughs> get a frame picture of genuine. You know, from you like probably 96. get a genuine for cameo. Actually, you get a cameo oh from God. genuine. Like, oh, she, listen. I hope she never listens to this. She's not going to listen to this by the time you get her that. This is true. But you probably do it for like 50 bucks. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, for me, and being... We're talking... I was was born in 82, so when rap was really becoming more mainstream on, like, MTV, like, more often... Yo, MTV raps. I, like, I didn't watch a lot of that stuff. One, because we didn't have cable. Uh, So, I didn't really have the option to watch a lot of that stuff. A lot of my intake of rap, hip hop in general, was on the radio mm-hmm. in the car, which is, I think, a lot of kids spend most of their time listening to music when they're really young. Is in the car, yeah. And we, around. you know, and you know, living here in Pittsburgh, it was a lot of whammo, pretty much all the time. I don't think my parents really ever changed the station growing up. It was almost always whammo, which is you know, R and B, rap, hip hop, for sure. Uh, so almost all of that. All of my experience, because I mean, my parents didn't listen to that stuff in the house. They listened to oldies in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so beyond that, at friends' houses, you know, go and hang out. They may have an older sibling who has some CDs or a cassette, and you know, you might be able to hear a little bit here and there. Uh, so you know, growing up, I was like, like I said earlier, like twenty minutes ago, I was never a huge music person because I just didn't have many avenues to take it in. However, I can tell you the very first like like rap album I ever owned that I'm pretty sure I, I didn't steal from somebody. I feel like they gave it to me because I didn't buy it. There's no way I was able to buy this because I was way too young. Mm-hmm. But the Boys in the Hood soundtrack, oh. I own that. <laughs> and I remember taking it, uh, uh, the, my sixth grade graduation trip, we went to D.C., whole group of us uh through the school and i remember listening to it on the bus ride down there totally should not have been listening to it some of them songs not child friendly not family friendly it was very mature uh but i remember just like that was like the most i'd ever listened to so much more you know the swearing the objectification of women and not every song was like that there's just some r&b jams in there as well but, you know, there's a couple songs that were a little harder edged. And I was like, man, I was digging and I was into it. I had no idea what the hell I was even listening to. Mm. I mean, honestly, you no. know, 1995, actually, is when, when that happened. Um, That's a good time. But That's yeah, good time I mean, for hip-hop, though. But, but growing up, I mean, I did listen. You know, once we started getting cable, I started watching more MTV. I started watching BET. You know, I started becoming more in tune with, you know, your MC Hammers and stuff like that. I started digging into... Uh, Nate Dog, I started. Uh, yeah, uh, I started digging into regulators. Yes, no, no. Uh, I ended up. I want to say that this I actually got from my cousin was the Bratz first album. It was okay. old by this point. Yeah, because we're like we're talking like nineteen ninety six seven ish, and I had just it like starting to get to yeah. Um, and I listened to that a lot, and then eventually, I. After, oh, like, and this is a lot of my music as a kid. Like, you usually get albums well after they came out. Yeah. Uh, Hand Me Downs or your founders or your traded. Reasonable Doubt by Jay Z. Mm. Uh, well, my first rap CD that I owned. Uh, and man, we were, you know, lift off. You know, I was like, this, this is, this is, this is what I'm here for. Yep. Uh, and I love that album. I haven't listened to it in forever. Um, no, there's a. Yeah, I have often found going back and listening to those formative records, whether they be hip hop or rock or anything, there's one of two reactions. It's cringe, or you're just like, it just transports you yeah. straight back to where you were when you first felt it. Now, so what about you? So, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I have a family of six, but uh, I'm the oldest of all right. my brothers and sisters. So generally, my exposure. So as I said earlier, my exposure to music was based around my parents or whatever songs were in the movies I was allowed to watch. But my parents are musicians, right? right? And uh, they are very rock and roll, pop oriented people. Nobody listened to hip hop voluntarily, and I don't think either of them still do, right? 
But my first time being full so and, and growing up in the in the 80s into the early 90s that's when hip-hop started to appear on tv shows you know mm. uh, theo listened to it on the cosby show right that's right the fresh prince mm. and, the, and so i i honestly say what's the first rap song that you ever heard and recognized was probably either the theme song for the fresh prince of bel-air uh, there you go right that's a good call uh or bobby brown's song from ghostbusters 2 at the end of the Ghostbusters, mm, wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, but, but save that right there. Pause. The very first hip hop song I remember now, it just clicked. Yeah, was I don't remember what it's called, but it was the Will Smith's uh, uh, Not Real Elm Street song. Oh yeah, yeah, that yep. was it. 100%. I have percent. I, I, so I, I have a uh, sidebar about that song. Uh, I had, did not hear that song until like 1993, right? Okay. And it was Halloween night, and mm. I was driving around with my cousin, who's who's much older than I am, and they were listening to some radio station that was playing, and they played that song, and it terrified the shit out of me. Like, yeah, if you're a little kid and you're already like prone to being scared a little, maybe not huh? easily, but easier, that's kind of a creepy song. Oh, full on. And yeah, now when I hear it back, I'm like, ha! Yeah. But, then I think I might have legit peed a little when I heard that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but go um, on. I no, just want to throw no. that out so, there. So it was uh, Bobby Brown's uh, the song from Ghostbusters 2 or Fresh Prince. But So you hear of hip-hop and you hear those songs. And uh, and I admit as a, as a, as being unversed at that, that I thought uh, I did not know the difference between New Edition and Bobby Brown until later on. There right? was a difference. There, there was a significant difference. And you can hear Bobby Brown just for some reason he took his shirt off and then his his voice dropped all at the same time. <laughs> so now when you listen to New Edition, it sounds like like Bobby Brown uh, doing the chipmunk thing. But for me, the first, uh, the, my first remembering ingestion of, of of saying, "Oh, okay, okay," was in the early '90s. I think it was '91. There was a movie that came out called "Nothing But Trouble," and it stars Dan, Dan yeah. Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, uh, Demi Moore, and John Candy. That movie is a fucking. Un- underrated gem of a film. It certainly is. And uh, a theme that will pop up as we talk about the early 90s and late 80s, my father is an amazing man. Uh, can concur, he is. Can, who we can absolutely could say took me to a lot of movies I shouldn't have seen <laughs> way earlier than I should have seen them. Like, I think I saw a as many boobs as I see today. <laughs> When I was like five, watching a- he, every bad action movie that came out in the theater, I saw, and there were titties in all of them. There you and go. Thank you, Dad, for that so much. Thank you, Mr. Thank, Brown. Thank you. I mean, we'll talk about. I want to do a Jean Claude Van Damme episode, or at least one particular movie, just so I can talk about the tits in those <laughs> movies when I was five. But we saw nothing but trouble, and there's a scene in the movie, nothing but trouble, where Dan Aykroyd plays this old, funny, crooked judge in the middle of junkyard nowhere. And they bring people in, and then he he hilariously tortures them. And trust me, it's funnier than it sounds. But he brings in in one of the scenes the digital underground, and they're and 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 in a very uh, in in the most white person thing that I think I may I've seen at that point in my life. They're like, we're, you know, hey man, we're and I'm doing my best uh, uh, Humpty Dumpty impression. So like we're, we're let's listen to Noah Butcher get another impersonation. <laughs> I. I I could pull my nose. I don't know. I can't do it. I can do it in my head, but not there. But it was like, we're a hip-hop group. And Dan Aykroyd's like, what's that? And then they do... All around the world, same song. Right? And they nailed that. Everybody remembers that. That song. And I danced in the theater oh, God, no. while that happened as a kid. I Not like not like full-on little kid dance. But no, it's was too like, late. You danced, I man. was like, uh, uh. And I, was, I, don't, I didn't even know that's what I was doing, but I really liked it to the point where I used to watch, that's when I, and that was the reason I discovered MTV, uh, because I was told that they played, I was told that was rap, right, mm-hmm. for, by, by my cousin, and that they played rap during certain times on MTV. So I watched MTV raps for a long time to try to catch that song, because I didn't know, I was a little kid, so I didn't know what it was called, who it was by. <laughs> that's amazing. And I and I I thought I was just never gonna. And I, I but I used to watch it because I love that song. Until my dad came home knowing that I was watching this. And th- thank you, Ron Brown, for leaning into this instead of being that angry white dad that could be like you're not listening to that stuff. He came home with a couple of packs of trading cards from Yo MTV Raps. That's fucking cool. Yeah, and he handed these to me, 
And in the first pack, there is a digital underground card. That's wild. And I recognized, and there and then I knew who they were and what they were, and I was able to look for the song. And uh, I, I still, I still never found it. You probably and, fucking never found oh, it's, it's it. All, if you don't believe it, it's on my fucking Spotify right now. You know, it's, it's <laughs> under the, it's under the playlist '90s, right for me. But uh, yes, he he got me those, and so I was able to recognize that the digital underground was a thing. And that pack though started to I I realized that I knew a bunch of other rappers or a bunch of other hip hop acts from the time right right heavy d and the boys right i'd recognize that lo cool j oh, right i i, I knew that vi- i knew that video from watching you know, MTV reps but i was so busy like if it wasn't that song i was only half watching for a while until here's the thing that really uh that this is where it kind of comes in you talk about the uh boys in the hood soundtrack right mm-hmm. uh ice cube it's a good day okay mm. uh but Ice Cube, there was something. I saw that video and I remember that video distinctly, right? But I don't know. I cannot remember for the life of me if it was NWA or if it was another one of his songs from that era of early '90s, right? Right. But I saw an Ice Cube video that I didn't. I I remember distinctly not being scared at the time. But for a while after that, I would have nightmares of Ice Cube yelling at me. Not like that he was threatening me, but that he would be yelling at me the way my dad would yell at me, the way uh, (laughs) uh, that I would do something wrong, which is ironic now because that motherfucker makes family movies. And now he's, and it's so strange. It's such an idea. We'll get to that at some point in our our podcast as well. Uh, Hardcore rappers now making family friendly and Snoop Dogg with Martha Stewart. That's a whole separate thing that I used to have nightmares about Ice Cube, but that was. That was the start, and so, and then, you know, and what, I'm really grateful for this. That hip hop then went from having its own sectioned off area in MTV to being uh, Tupac. Thank you, Tupac and Biggie, for mm. this. It started to become more mainstream. Yes. And I think hip hop inspired pop and R and B, and R B becoming more poppy in general with like En Vogue and Salt and Pepper and oh, TLC, right? Yeah, and that's awesome shit. That Some we old school absolutely. crushes I had when oh, I was growing up, man. God, dude. The entirety of Invoke. Right? Yeah, like, I didn't uh, say one specific. No, no the entire. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah you know, TLC. And, Ooh. Mm. Those but, are good days. Yes, great days. Great days. Good music. Oh, so good too. But but the, the, with that advent and it, and it became the regular norm, uh, which allowed the first hip hop album I ever bought with my own money. Which was uh, first of all to go back one sec. The first hip hop I was ever given uh, was a tape. Of the Adams Family Returns soundtrack, <laughs> okay, because MC Hammer had the Adams Family rap, okay. which I did a dance to at my kindergarten talent show. Thank you very much. So that was my first hip hop tape. Uh, I would also eventually get the single from Secret of the Ooze soundtrack of the Yo Ninja Yo Ninja Go rap, oh, the Ninja Rat from Vanilla yeah, Ice, yeah, yeah, which were and that entirely encompasses all of the Vanilla Ice talk from today. Thank God. Yeah. No offense, but thank God. No thank, Mr. Van Winkle. We're we're out of here though. You can go keep remodeling houses, but uh, for me, uh, so MTV used to have to back in the day, kids. MTV used to play music, and they not only did they used to have music on MTV, legend has it, they used to have live performances on there, and there was a series of live performances called MTV Unplugged that were basically acoustic shows for everything. And the first, I don't know if it's the first one, but it's the first one I ever saw. For hip hop, was Jay Z unplugged, and I watched that. I don't know what why I managed to catch it from the start, but I watched that entire damn show, commercials and all, all the way through to the point where I was absolutely blown away by how amazing it was and how excellent it was. To the point where this is back when that aired that day, you could go to a record store or a CD store, Sam Goody. It was FYE for me. I, I remember and, FYE. Uh, or FYE, yeah. as we used to call it. Or you call that. I wonder why it never caught on. Yeah. But I would go, I went there that day. Like, it was like, uh, no, excuse me, the next day after school. And I bought Jay-Z Unplugged. It was like $20, which was expensive for a CD at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, and I had that, I played that thing until it got so scratched that you couldn't get through one whole song without it going crazy. But to me, that was my first real, I didn't, with the exception of It's a Hard Knock Life. 
I didn't know a lot of Jay-Z into that point, but that entire catalog, oh, you better believe I, I eventually purchased all of it. Yeah. Uh, and that takes me to my next question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've, we've, we've had the first, uh, first album you've owned, your first, uh, concept here of, uh, of hip hop and what you first one you bought with your own money, first record you were given. Uh, when's the first time, if you could pick a song or a moment where you were like, this is cool as fuck. Like, and, and it, growing up in a rock and roll thing, it, there is a vibe that comes with hip hop and rap that is does up to that point at least didn't exist in rock and roll uh and i'll tell you mine Mm -hmm. it was on that record uh it was on that show was the very first time i ever heard big pimpin and i on that cd that version of it uh was the first time i i played that so much until i got the actual record and i bought i bought the single first of that, I played that because to me that was like the cool, literally the coolest shit and vibe I'd ever heard of in my entire life. I played that shit all the time, and to me, I, and here's the thing: on a sidebar, that coincides with me ingesting Star Wars for the first time, like that time in my life, to where I thought if Han Solo was a song, he'd be Big Pimpin. <laughs> and to me, I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's so cool. That all this, all this thing needs is a black vest and to shoot first. In a CD bar in Mos Eisley. But to me, it was hearing Big Pimp for the first time. I'm like, oh, this is some cool ass shit. So what what are what is one or some of your first moments of hip hop really kind of crossing that threshold? I'm like, okay, so this is where it's at. Uh so to answer your question, uh the first time that I can remember again, and this is not exclusive to this one moment, obviously. There have been mm-hmm. multiple moments uh since then. Uh, but the running theme is, well, although this is about Eminem, you know, Sean Carter really shaped my opinions on rap. Yeah. Like, a lot. Um, for better or worse. Uh, I mean, he's one of the greatest rappers alive. So Flat he, out. He may, not, he may not be, like, the most lyrically, technically uh, talented, although he's incredible, but... My man is good at double, triple, quadruple entendres. Like it's like like oh. it's easy for oh, him. You you could you could go. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite albums of all time, which I think is probably a favorite of a lot of people around my age, our age, uh, is the Blueprint. Mm-hmm. And do I listen to the Blueprint so very much growing up? Uh, I remember I bought that album when it came out because I was so pumped. I was so excited. Uh, and rightfully so, because that album was, in my opinion, f- far superior to Reasonable Doubt. Like, far superior. Yeah. On every level. That's okay, to though. To me. So um, not to say Reasonable Doubt isn't a greater record. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong with it. No. Um, but anyhow, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, yep, Heart of the City. Mm. Um, man, I don't know, again, not being a huge music person, I didn't listen to a ton of music, so... Hearing an introspective Jay-Z on that level, because that yeah. song is very, like, he's not talking about, like, being rich. He's not talking about, he's just talking about the problems, man. Yeah. He's talking about, like, you know, every day I wake up, somebody's got a problem with Hove. Like, yeah. it, it, he, but he, the beat's so good. Like, that jam. Oh, God, dude. The, just the, the. Like I just like oh fuck oh dude this song is like killing me it's so good I I first of all I felt like that's that one song right or at least like pick any one song from the blueprint right inspired the entire soundtrack for every EA fight night game that came (laughs) after because all of them are basically sampled uh, just like Heart of the City is right with that here's an old Motown song that we added some bass to and a new drum track and that's how we're sampled and there it is and and the snare is just a little bit more clicky than oh it's so good dude oh I feel well, like I favorite... bought a new pair of headphones. I'm sorry when uh, when the blueprint came out. Right, like, and it yeah. was it was it was needed. Yeah, and I, and I actually I done the same. I think it was my first set of uh, no, noise cancelers. Okay, I think I, I got around the same time that album because you needed it. Uh, one of my uh, favorite little like little snippet of a verse, what lines uh, in that song? What you eat don't make me shit. 
Where mm. is the love? Like, man. <laughs> I just I, oh so if, if I'm I'm driving around, I'm listening to some music, you know, stuff's on shuffle on Spotify or something, and and then that jam comes on, I turn it. I instantly just turn whatever. It doesn't matter what volume I was at. I'm turning it up a little more. Yep. Because the it just it's a good song and it makes you think a little bit and it gives you a snapshot into the mind of Jay Z specifically, uh, you know, without like a lot of like the superficial bullshit. And I dig that. I would uh, and, and I know we're supposed to be talking about Eminem. We're getting and, there, and we will. We are we are fifty minutes away. in. We're getting we, there. We we will. Um, as we speak about him for fifteen minutes, then the podcast is over. Right. You're like, eh, yes, Eminem, you good? All right, we're out of here. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always kind of equated. Uh, Jay Z to he's he's like a painter, right? I mean there there is some, there's technique there. It's and it's like not like a classical painter, you know, okay. like these technical painters, yeah. almost uh almost like a Van Gogh, where you know what he's painting, but it's not the finished picture that you really need to look at. It's how he got there and what you know, Starry Night, right? And right. it's a Starry Night, sure, sure it is, but I mean it's the technique and, and the. Ground, the ground broken on the way there. That's a that's a hell of a thing. Versus where you could put our subject today as so lyrically based. Eminem is so lyrically based um, uh, that it, he could be equated like a classical writer, right? Um, right. And Snoop Dogg, who to me is still going to be my favorite rapper of all time, just because okay. I love the vibe of Snoop shit, like the Doghouse, right? Like that whole record. Is uh, and and I mean early Death Row stuff is so incredible. Like it's so good, mm. and it, every damn record that Death Row put out until like 1997 or 98, every single one broke some shit. Like the Chronic, dude. Like oh my god, so good. Like so unbelievable, right? But I but I I love Snoop's vibes though. So you, and Snoop had some great lines and some great lyrics and all of that stuff. But you listen to Jay Z because of the the way he weaves it and the yes. double and triple entendre, and you can listen to Eminem because technically. Technically, he is so sound, right? But then you listen to the Chronic or the Dog Pound because you're like, oh my god, like I don't even care. Like it's and and it's, what he's saying is second nature to, goddamn, uh, murder is the case that they gave me, right? Mm. Like, oh man, uh, which I also always sing the Inspector Gadget theme over that. <laughs> la, da, 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 da. Inspector Gadget, I dig that, and I keep going. That's that, that's a whole vibe right there, you know. It um, is. Uh, G's and Hustlers, like, oh my god. So, but what we're talking about technique that kind of brings us to our actual thing we're trying to talk about god you know what though we sidebar but i love sidebarring with you i mean dude. that's 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 our friendship that our friendship is. is one giant sidebar i want to know if like the very first thing we ever talked about if we never finished it and we sidebarred off that and if we if everything we've ever done has just been a sidebar of a sidebar we're never going to get back to that original subject. Could you imagine if someone told us that and if we finished it and that would be the end of our friendship? Like, and then we just start punching each other in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're enemies now, yeah, sir. Fine. How dare they? Yes. You know what? In the words of Eminem, I think we should absolutely hold the fuck up right now. <laughs> and I think okay. we've been babbling about this forever. Uh, yeah. So let's put a pin in this. Okay. I, okay, that's probably a good and idea. And let's come back to it, okay? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll pick this up tomorrow or something. Yeah, we'll we'll pick it up where we left off. And uh, and I, dear listener, I know you're probably absolutely feeling our babbling, but I uh, I think for the sake of all sanity of all parties involved, we need to come back to this. Yes. So why don't we pick it up next week? All right, that's a good call. We should uh, do that. All right. Well, you know what? This is the quickest outro we've ever done. We're just gonna put a pin in it, and we're gonna say next week, Eminem. And all things hip-hop continue yes. here on Nothing Good. Nothing Good. Later. See you.